Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! Let's start with Tiger, who has some things to say. And when Tiger talks, people are going to listen. We haven't heard from Tiger in a while. The Tuesday before a Grand Slam is where you're usually going to hear from him. We heard from him in the last two. Well, we didn't hear from him in the United States, but we heard from him, of course, at the U.S. Open in Brookline. But we heard from him at the uh, at the Masters, and of course, we heard from him in, in Tulsa at Southern Hills. We heard from him today uh, in um, uh, in uh, St. Andrews. And the first thing we learned, he's not going to retire. So the theory out there that this was going to be it, and sometime over the weekend, Tiger was going to say, "I am done with competitive golf," which would, you know, for whatever the reason. And it gained a little traction. And we'll talk to Mike Tirico a little bit later on today, by the way. But for whatever the reason, that was going to gain a little traction. That seems to be off the rails. So that was not discussed. Tiger poo-pooed it. He did say that this might be his last ever St. Andrews event. Remember, the next time it comes to uh, that beautiful spot there in that beautiful town off the North Sea is 1950. uh, It's seven years from now, whatever that might be. So uh, it's a long way and maybe 52 years of age. So I'm not sure that we'll see Tiger at this course again in a competitive vein. But as far as uh, for the foreseeable future, at least in a Grand Slam scenario, Tiger or the major scenario is going to play. But the bigger story really was the idea that, uh, you know, he really pounded the live players who have decided to not show the proper loyalty to the PGA Tour, uh, you know, whoever they may be, whether it's the older player, a la Mickelson, Garcia, Lee Westwood, uh, Ustason, whoever that might be, or the younger player. Uh, and he, the way he said it, you got the idea it was more the older player because you are where you are today because of the PGA Tour and what they, what they presented you with your opportunity, which made me think of Mickelson. But maybe not. Maybe it was more geared to DeChambeau and Patrick Reed and, uh, you know, and obviously Dustin Johnson, you know, uh, Brooks Kepka. Maybe it was more geared to them. But he obviously said that uh, anybody who plays and joins up with the Live Tour is showing uh, incredible disloyalty to the tour that actually put them in a position to move and get $100 million, and they thought that was completely out of line. I mean, that was basically the headline out of Tiger today uh, in um, in Scotland. Uh, you know, listen, and when Tiger talks, people are going to listen. Uh, that's all there is to it. Headlines all over the place is Tiger Woods. And, you know, Tiger is the barometer for a lot of golfers and uh, in the world, both, uh, you know, the professional and the amateur one. And Tiger made a big deal about that, too, which we should address. You know, he talked about the amateur player who decided to make this live run. And, you know, a lot of kids out of college and Tiger wondered if they'd ever get a chance, those folks, to go play on the, uh, uh, you know, on the major circuit uh, in down the road. Whether they'd be able to, you know, walk the fairways of Augusta, show up at St. Andrews, play in majors because of the point system. Um, and, and I do think that anybody who jumped to the live tour in the last uh, two, three months, I do think that most of them, especially the young player, did so with the understanding and the fairly confident belief that they should be able to be allowed to play in the majors. And I do think they will be able to play in the majors. And I know Tiger's point was, how are you going to get the world ranking points to qualify? 
Uh, but I think at the end of the day, I think the majors are going to do what's good for the majors. You know, sort of like a big football conference, the SEC and the Big Ten. They can talk about unison and togetherness and let's work together and all that nonsense. But at the end of the day, they're going to do what's good for them. And the Masters uh, and Augusta and, of course, uh, the PGA and the British Open and the USGA at the US Open, the RNA, they can say all they want about their uh, allegiance to the, uh, the, you know, the European tours and the uh, PGA tours. But at the end of the day, they're going to do what they, it's good for their tournament. You know, it's fine and dandy that they're concerned, at least publicly, about the John Deere event and who's going to show up this week at the Danny Thomas. But when you get right down to it, they care about their event. I mean, that's the bottom line. And I still believe that at the end of the day, uh, at least the four big ones that right now we are most concerned about, and they being Reed, Kepka, DeChambeau, and, um, uh, and Dustin Johnson, I would be very surprised if they're not playing next year at the Masters uh, in Augusta. Now, we know they're going to play the British Open. If they don't play the FedEx Cup, we're all going to live. I don't watch that FedEx Cup anyway. That's a waste of time, the FedEx Cup. The golf season, theoretically, in my eyes, ends uh, in a lot of ways this weekend. Uh, then if the PGA, if the, if the Ryder Cup is in play, uh, pay a little attention to it because I love that event. President's Cup, I don't pay much attention to. And I am not, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm not going to sit there and, you know, look for a golf event in the middle of August. Well, I got to watch this. It's a big golf event. I, I'm not going to pay attention. Once you've played the four majors, you know, from uh, essentially March 1st until August 1st, I mean, I don't know where you go as far as the golf season is concerned. So I'm not going to get that worked up uh, on these other tour events. And I do think the players who made the jump think that at the end of the day that they are going to be allowed uh, to participate in the big tournaments in America that they want to participate in. Ryder Cup's a little different. That's two years from now, a year and a half from now. They'll worry about Rome uh, and playing Europe when the time comes. The uh, PGA Tour, which runs the Ryder Cup, they would be cutting their nose to spite the face if they did that because they're only hurting their own team because obviously not having DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, and Dustin Johnson on it and Kepka is stupid. I mean, you want to win, don't you? Well, if you want to win, you got to hold your nose and let those four guys play because those four guys are very good Ryder Cup players and you got to let them play. Forget Mickelson, but those four have to play. So from that standpoint, what are you going to do? You're going to have a Ryder Cup and not have the four guys play, which means if you lose, you're going to have the whole world say, well, they wouldn't have lost if Kepka, Johnson, Reed, and, um, uh, and DeChambeau were involved. So, I mean, they're damned if they do, damned if they don't there. And again, we can sit there and talk about loyalty. And to a degree, I agree with Tiger. And I've said this all along. I, if it was me and I was throwing $100 million, I would not do it because I, wanna, I would want to show loyalty to the PGA Tour, number one. Number two, I want to play in some PGA Tour events that there's a little you know, history behind them and the courses history behind that where Byron Nelson or Ben Hogan or Gary Player or Nicholas or Palmer, uh, where these guys won, I'd want to play in those events. And, you know, playing the live tour does nothing for me. I could care less if I went in Portland. Who gives a crap? So that would bother me. You go out there week after week. You want to go out there and play against the best players and win on the best venue. So I wouldn't do it for that reason. Uh, but again, I've been on record. Well, record, who cares what I say? But I've been, I've said here for about a month that I think it's incredibly hypocritical to go out there. If you're anybody in sport, go out there and kill the player for running for the money. Uh, I find that incredibly, hypo incredibly hypocritical when you look at uh, some of the involvement that U.S. sports have with these 
awful places. China amongst them. Olympics is another where they're in bed with them. Uh, you know, Russia, the IOC, and, you know, uh, obviously basketball in China. And, you know, they take the dirty money there too. So the money to me is not the issue. And getting $100 million, what is the issue? If I was good enough to have that choice is I would want to go out there and beat the majority of player and the better player and the majority of the better players are still on a PJ tour. I'd want to turn around and be able to beat them uh, on the PJ tour. That's what I would. And I want to play in those kind of courses because they're never going to get a chance. If you're on live to play at the, you know, at Riviera, you're never going to get a chance to go play. You know, you can play Doral in Miami, but you're never going to get a chance to play, you know, some of the great spots uh, in American. You're not going to get a chance. You're not playing Torrey Pines. You're not playing Pebble Beach. You're not going to sit there and go play a Honda, if you consider that a nice track, or Bay Hill, or Wells Fargo, or the Memorial. You're not playing that. Muirfield. You're not playing those courses. It's over. That's what would bother me. I do think at the end of the day that you obviously are going to have an opportunity uh, you know, if you, even if you're an amateur player who doesn't have the resume to attract the four majors and you don't have the world golf ranking point, I think there will be some accommodation made down the road. I don't see how there can't be. There'll be some accommodation made down the road because at the end of the day, the big tournaments want the best players playing in the tournaments. When the big tournaments, the four of them a year, maybe five, you include the TPC, Ryder Cup. You know, there's a couple. I mean, somewhere between five and eight. Out of those tournaments, the idea is to put the best field together with the best player to draw an audience, to have fans get talking about it, water cooler the following Monday morning, and obviously uh, get a decent TV rating. I mean, that is the idea, is it not? That's the idea. And not having some of these American players uh, involved in those tournaments is going to hurt the tournament. You know, you got four big players now playing in the Live Tour who are big players, and I'm not even counting Mickelson, who are not going to play the PGA Tour. That's a problem. And there's probably going to be a couple more to come. But when Tiger talks, people are going to listen. It's Tiger Woods. And he's earned every right to say anything he wants because Tiger has floated the boat for everybody on that PGA Tour. He's made them all a fortune. So if Tiger wants to have a say about loyalty and about how could you do that to the PJ Tour and they were good to us and then you bail on them, if that's his take, he has every right to feel that way. And to a certain degree, I agree with him. To a certain degree, because I wouldn't have done it either. Now, it's hypocritical if we're going to sit there and say they're taking blood money because they are, because all leagues take blood money. All leagues take blood money. Money talks. And all leagues, the NBA is in bed with China. All leagues... And the NBC is in bed with Sochi and Putin and, and Beijing with the Olympics and that nonsense. And we go on and on and on. Uh, all these leagues are in bed with these, you know, human right, despicable places. And nobody says a word because those countries got plenty of money and they all take the cash. So that I don't like. But from a competitive standpoint and an historical standpoint, 100 percent, 100 percent. And Tiger, you know, listen, everybody wanted to run to the idea that Tiger you know, was going to retire after this event. Uh, you know, listen, he made the cut on the two tournaments he's played so far this year. You know, he made the cut at the Masters. He wasn't in contention, but he made the cut. And he made the cut at Southern Hills. Now, he finished 79th, but didn't he make the cut? I think he did, didn't he? He made the cut at Southern Hills. He was the last guy in on Sunday afternoon, but he made the cut. Made the cut. He, he, got it. he worked his way through four rounds. And, you know, he's probably going to get a little better. As he move along, not going to get worse. He's probably, the leg's going to get a little better. 
you know, I mean, it, the accident just happened 16 months ago. So eventually that leg is going to improve a little bit. So it is going to get somewhat better. And, I, and he'll play a little bit more. And when he plays a little bit more, he'll play better. So I think at the end of the day, you'll see improvement from Tiger in big events. I don't think he's going to win one, but I think you'll see improvement. And I think you'll see improvement this week. The weather will be temperate. He'll be okay with that. It's not a hilly place. He'll be, in, he'll be okay with that. And away we go. And the other thing I wanted to say, and I've been on this theme all week, and we'll try to get somebody on. Well, Tariqo's on, and he's played the course a thousand times. I mean, I must have missed the boat, as must the other 11 of us who were sitting there and played all those courses in Scotland uh, three years ago for nine days. Uh, still, and I, again, you know, I know it's heresy if you knock it, but I, and I know you have to play it, but you wonder if people think, even a professional player, I wonder if the St. Andrews itself gets overrated because it's the place where golf started. And because of that, it rises above to a level that, from a course standpoint, it doesn't deserve to be on. I wonder that. Because, quote-unquote, the home of golf. And it is. I mean, they were playing golf there in the 1500s, for crying out loud. It is the home. It is the real first big place. Old Tom Morris. And I wonder because of that, if we overrate the course a little bit. Because to a man, and I'm talking about scratch golfers, they all said, boy, what's the fuss? To a man. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Sirius XM Channel 82. 